You're listening to V for Vertigo, episode 108. Something kind of vertigo going on here. I've been seeing fables in my dreams. I've been laying scalped out here for hours in this swamp in New Orleans. I've been reading spells from books and magic, trying just to help lay stress to you. Feeling like a loser, so, so tragic. Feeling like I'm left to preach at all the time spent moving all so slow It's something kind of vertigo Welcome, it's the beginning of another edition of V for Vertigo While I'm in the air, everywhere Streaming on the vast world wide web And this podcast is one man's journey into the world of all things Vertigo Comics because everything else is just picture books. I'm your host, Mark. Return of the Mark Johnson. And this week's spoiler field review will cover Fables Wolves. Ow! By Bill Willingham and Mark Buckingham. And I will probably say that a lot this show. FY. Now, as I say every week, you're lucky to get a podcast. <laughs> it's so hard to just gear and like rev myself up for one. But this week is weird. I, I thought because I, I did stay home for the most part. I watched a lot of movies and I did uh, a lot of querying for YA um, book bloggers. Um, and I cleaned my apartment and turtle tank and all that crap. But... What was weird is I thought I'd get it done sooner instead of recording later, but what's killing me is, uh, what well, is killing me? Oh, that was because there's no, there's no basketball or football, right? So I figured, oh, okay, I get it done. Well, what's killing me is the heat, and I'm not talking about Miami heat. I'm talking about the heat, heat. It's hot, man. It's bad enough that to redo, do the show, I have to turn off my fan, otherwise you hear a in the background. Maybe if I if it filters enough, it'll be. But so that's uh, killing me, and I do feel sluggish in the heat. I don't mind the heat, but I don't like it. Give me the cold and the darkness. <laughs> but the real reason why it's taking me so long uh, to record, and as it will probably be a short show. Is that I watched something awesome, and I wish I had caught it an hour earlier, but I don't remember what I was doing then. So some somebody online was streaming the the awesome uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street documentary, Never Sleep Again. Now I've been meaning to watch that since it came out. I think my friend has it, but I haven't seen him in a while, and I, I would I prefer to have watched it on my TV with my nice stereo system. But instead, I just watched it on my TV. Or uh, my TV. My computer. If I had known that, I probably just would have downloaded the thing. So, unfortunately, if I ever see my friend, I'll have to get that in my uh, Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. complete uh, DVD box set. Is that I missed the first hour. That's a good thing or a bad thing because I missed... Um, I don't know if they talked about Freddy Krueger much... Because they didn't really. They kind of talked about the story and the plot and the like, production, screenplays, characters, locations, blah, etc., etc., etc. 
directors for at least the three of the four hours I saw. So I'm guessing in the first hour they they probably talked about that. Wes Craven and I missed the first one. They they obviously talked about the first movie. They they talked about all let's see six seven eight movies in order. So I missed the first one, which is bad. I missed the second one, which is good. And this came out before. That'd be interesting if they do if they do sequels of the new shitty Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and they talk about it. And then they do another documentary in, I don't know, 10, 20 years. Uh, and then, yeah, and then they covers that. Because I would like to see what Wes, especially Wes Craven, what Wes Craven thinks about all that. So, um, yeah, I watched that. And if you're a fan of a Nightmare on Elm Street series, you should watch that. Because it, like the Friday the 13th one I saw, this one's better. Probably, yeah. Well, I would say it's better. Well, some of, probably because they could cover more of the films, because uh, there's lots of them, less of them. But this, if you're a fan, you should watch it. But even if you're not a fan, if you're a fan into like movie shit, you should you should watch it because there were some uh, fascinating things I learned. Like for example, or r- related, I should say. People, people, uh, Green Lantern opened this weekend, and as what I knew from the trailer and my superhero powers, or I'm not a superhero, so just my powers, that I knew it was going to be a shitty movie. People will go, how is that a shitty movie? There were like four fucking screenwriters listed. So while there is four screenwriters listed, uh, this happened with... What is it? They talked, I think the third one. The third one is regarded. Some people like it more. Uh, at the very least, it's like the number two of the franchise. But some people like it better than the first one. But the first one had, or the third one had, uh, two screenwriters. And then uh, some of the big names that are, that are big names now but were young and hot shots back then came on and worked on the third script for, uh, was it Dream Dream Warrior? And then they made it better. But it... And so... Like, just because there are four... My point, I have a point. Just because there are four screenwriters on a movie that are listed in the credits doesn't mean that the four screenwriters sat down, came up with an idea, and worked on it. It, it pretty, this, is, this is what I learned. It pretty much goes like this. So, guy A has an idea. Studio studio buys it then they work on it and they they may have him continue to work on it or they may bring in other people and then they chop it up and then so they they bring in all these people on the screenplay and i've heard from other uh behind the scenes stuff that other people work on movies and then they don't have their name on it because it's so bad or they go man i wish my name wasn't on that movie but technically they kind of worked on it uh, well, at least they, they, they might have planted the seed, but the execution was like, oh, man. But here's what I also found fascinating. is in the Nightmare movies, a lot of things got changed. And this is what happens for movies in general. You you go over budget, or the studio says no, or things must get edited. And sometimes you get better things. Like in the case of Back to the Future, the first one, their whole scene was going to take place in... Uh, was it like New Mexico or some shit? 
Well, where they were ex- uh, experiment or blowing up with atomic bombs at the end of the movie, so Marty was gonna drive. They needed that explosion. That is way less cooler. That was also gonna cost a million dollars. And then they're like, okay, we need to like, cut cut money. So instead of that, you get the awesomeness of the scene. So some of that happened on the nightmare movies. I forgot which, cause man, I watched three hours and it all kind of got jumbled. But some of the things they could like they couldn't practically execute it even though they storyboarded it and then things went over budget as they want to do but the most disappointing thing watching that documentary is that um uh freddy's dead that could have been so awesome and peter jackson worked on the uh script or the movie we all saw the theatrical release but the original script by two guys i don't know names of uh was so much better it was it sounded so interesting they even like storyboarded it a bit but i guess he came or him and other guy came in and they went with that one for whatever reason the only good thing about that movie is the credits maybe young freddy that was kind of creepy and that was cooper and uh the three head things but that movie was supposed to be so freddy's like he's like a beaten old man no one takes him seriously he can't really kill anybody he's, he's weakened he's very weak so people like take drugs and shit and go to sleep and just fuck with him and beat him down and everything and and then i forgot they didn't quite say but he somehow managed i think he either manages to kill someone to get a little power back or there's a fire in in the house there all the teenagers are having a party in and then one of the kids is in a coma, and he's constantly in Freddy's world. And so I think that's where he gets his power. But, man, that would have been so awesome. It also would have been awesome if Patricia Arquette signed up for the fourth movie. So it would have made a lot more sense. But that didn't happen. I think that didn't happen. This is my guess. is because on the her, the third one, Dream Warrior, was her first movie. And the first, her first uh, shot, they they went through like 52 takes, and she couldn't nail it down. So that kind of, while her performance got better, and you know didn't take 52 takes on everything, um, that soured her with the director. <laughs> People, and then the, that was the first time dude directing. So I think she was like, I don't want to go do the fourth one. That kind of sucked, cause up until a year or two ago. I had no idea that the 3 through 5 were like their own trilogy. 3 through 5? 3, 4, 5. Yeah, 3 through 5 was like their own trilogy. And uh, other drafts of 6. 6 was supposed to connect. Like the kid was supposed to be that kid all growing up. The kid from, you know, kid played Jacob in like 4 or 5. Or 5, I guess. All goes together. So that's good to know. Like a few other few years ago, I realized that Star Trek... Two through four? Two through four? Is it two through four? No, no, I think it's three, four, five. Three through five are their own trilogy uh, also. And I don't remember five much, but people hate it. I don't... I gotta watch those again. I really love four. Three? uh, I don't even... can't think of three. Search for Spock, right? Anyways. So enough about my movies. I kind of want to get into Hollywood. 
I want to get into Hollywood. This is on my bucket list. I want to uh, be the guy who's on a roof in an action movie, and then I'm shooting at the hero, and then I get shot and fall down. That'd just be awesome. That's awesome, right? Uh, it's getting kind of heated in here. So uh, let's uh, talk about Fables. And now it's time for the rundown. So, like I said, Fables, Wolves. Oh, the Wolf Pack. Had that theme so for uh, N- NWO? WCW. NWO. Was it NWO? I think it was like that. Anyways, I was the master at that video game. And WrestleMania. That, all those THQ games. You really didn't want to play me. I would beat your ass. So, Fables Wolves by Bill Willingham and Mark Buckingham. So, in this one... For the past two trades, we've been like, where's Big B? Big B, where's Big B? Um, I was going to say Tarzan, but Mowgli. He finally finds Big B. It's probably a good idea to take notes or flip through the book beforehand. But I, I don't need it. Let me think. Okay, so he finally finds Big B. And as you might suspect, it was a bitch to track down Big B. But he finally figured it out when he realized he had to stop thinking like a human and started thinking like a... Or an animal. So, he tracks Big B down and it turns out Big B is doing what every guy does. He's drinking. He's shacked up in a house somewhere. But he does have a woman, Sarah. And like Wolverine, this is weird. Like Wolverine, you can't really get drunk. Alright. Anyways, Mowgli convinces him to leave. And then Big B goes and does his mission and if he succeeds he'll be able to be with snow again and she can only live on the farm because of her children and they're freaks so his mission he goes up into i was gonna say the sky clouds sky sky world i don't know sky world from mario brothers three three yeah that was like the fun one that one in the Fifth world? No, I think Skyward was the sixth world. I didn't care for it because you could fall and die easily. But it's cool. The sixth, the fifth one is the one with like you get the boot or the raccoon. The raccoon and the boot, probably the best items in those games. Okay, but enough of Mario Three. Because really, you just whistle uh, all the way towards the end, right? Um, yeah, you do that. Three whistles. I think they're like two in the first level, the first world. Okay, I said enough of it, and then I just continue to talk about it. So he goes from the sky, cloud, kingdom, world, whatever. And this is this is interesting. Their kingdom, dimension, land, well, clouds, is technically over every other world. If there's a sky in your world, then that's it's also connected there. But... Um, you you have to access the gates because obviously our jets can go in the clouds and above it, as opposed to a giant. And then the the beanstalks are like the interdimensional doorways. So Big B climbs up there and then he goes and sees Geppetto, kills some people first, and then he tells Geppetto to fuck off. He can't take Pinocchio because of the uh, spell. But he's all, this is for retaliation for the wooden soldiers. And then he burns the, uh, explodes the, 
the Magic Grove with the Invincible Soldiers. And he, he, he tries to kill the Blue Fairy. But kill her or take her out, uh, take her away. But she also has too many spells behind her. And then he bounces. And of course he's racing up the Beanstalk. And the Beanstalk blows that up. So there you go. And afterwards, as part of his reward, he gets a piece that's carved out. It's not, It's they call it the whole upstate New York, I think, the farm. But they own more land. So technically, this isn't part of the farm. And he's able to, they're able to build a house and a place for the kids. Um, and then he asks Snow White to marry him. And you say yes. And it's. Yeah, and it ends, as you might suspect, very lovey-dovey, blah, 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 the end, who cares? And then there's, like, a one-shot issue after that that deals with, um, what was it, Cinderella and her time up in Cloud World, um, which is, they're apparently very antiquated and huge, of course, but they're antiquated, they're still stuck in the Stone Age, and they have a weird... And they act like a bunch of fucking retards. So, yeah. And and then after that, if I flip to... Like, you look at the trade, and you go, oh, it's a regular size trade. And you flip after that story. Oh, a comic script. Strip. Script. One of the two. You're like, oh, fuck you. It's It's, let me see here. 48 pages of issue 50 titled happily ever after and who gives a shit um and that is the end of the story of fables wolves so my thoughts on it are my high level review or low level review whatever so big b's been mia for two past trades and i don't know about you but i've been glad it's uh I mean, it annoyed me, though, that in the past two trades, they always go, Where's Bigsby? Where's Bigsby? Where's Bigsby? Now, I learned something interesting. Apparently, in the Green Lantern movie, they, they, this is this is their theme. And you hear it about a dozen times in the movie. You must overcome... You must have willpower to use the ring. You must overcome your fear with will. And I read a reviewer... She said that, yeah, that, that makes sense, you know, single issues, you gotta reintroduce it. Kind of like Spider-Man, or, ah, I've been bitten by a radioactive spider. And so, so, but this one, it's a little more annoying. But it makes sense in the floppies, but if you put it in an hour and 45 minute movie, it gets fucking annoying. So, it, it's kind of been annoying over the past two trades. Because of the floppies, and then think, hey, where's Bigsby? Where's Bigsby? Oh, great. So... And it also helped that I, I didn't really like Bigsby anyway. And that said, though, I do find this story interesting. I think it's because of Mowgli. And mainly because a non-white Fables character finally got a little love. I mean, it's only been about... Let me see here. Eight trades before uh, one got love. Now, I actually think uh, the story with him, it could have been a fucking Tarzan. He's white. Um, um, I, I confused the two. I thought it was interesting because uh, the way Mowgli dealt with the wolves, he found a couple of wolves packs and then had to challenge them. And then he did this, this, this their speech, whatever that is. Now, I wish I was able to hear the speech, 
but I couldn't. Downside of comic books. Wah, 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 wah. I think uh, Willingham did a terrible job when it came to showing how depressed Bigsby was, or Bigsby and Sarah when he was about to break up. Because it lasted a page and you didn't see her. It just, yeah, it sucked. It, I mean, it was all standard. There, you weren't going to get anything new. You would get crying, screaming, arguing, yelling. Maybe I love you. I'm not meant to be here. Blah, blah, blah. But I would have liked to see that played out. Instead, we had Mowgli waiting in his day. Mowgli, panel, next panel. Maybe it's in the 50th issue uh, script. I don't know. I didn't read it. I don't even think that. It might not even be the 50th issue. It's probably the 49th. But then Mowgli's sitting in the same spot. It's night. And then he, Big becomes. Uh, how'd it go? Eh, standard stuff. Or whatever he said. Uh, she yelled at me. I took it. So. That's bullshit. But whatever. Okay. I would have added some heart. More tear jerking. Scene or something. So. I was like, Bigsby Missions was cool. Because it's like, yeah, it's about motherfucking time, bitches. Now, I guess you can say a trade or two ago, Boy Blue did strike. But that was more of a scouting mission, exploration of the worlds uh, in Fables, uh, Fable Land. Fable, I don't even know what they call the worlds. It's all They just call all of it the homelands? I don't know. Um, yeah, and that was the name of the trade. Uh, so, but this one is like, okay, we have an objective. Let's go fuck shit up. And not only that, but Big B struck at a strong point, destroying the magical grove. Now, I kind of, I don't know if it's on the next trade, but I kind of want to see the follow-up on that. Did he kill the blue fairy in the fire? Did the fire, does the fire even weaken Say you throw, threw Geppetto in the fire. Would his spells eventually get burned off and weakened by them one by one? That'd be cool. Because it's honestly... I know they're going to defeat him somehow. Uh, probably kill him. Uh, how are you going to get back? Because the, the magical uh, sword that could do anything can even cut through the spells. It been, yeah, I think it would have been better had it like damaged a couple of the spells surrounding him. But... How are they going to beat him? That's what I'm curious about. Can I just skip to the Wikipedia and then read that shit and get to the end? Because I want to know. How do they finish it? Anyways, but... So... Also, it's not that weird when he... I could see he pulled uh, Pinocchio and Geppetto from under the rubble. Why not leave him there? Just to rub it in. Be like, you know, fuck you, adversary. I know eventually you're going to get dug out of this shit. But it's going to be a few hours... Might even be day or two. So I'm gonna leave you there. Now the the problem I had with Big B's mission is that seemed a little easy. Boy Blue I mean Boy's Blues was easy, but he had a magical cloak and sword, so you can easily explain it. And he had to use more of his wits to figure out who's doing what and and it took him like I think five years for uh him to do that whole thing. Big B had nothing but his overpowered abilities and his explosives. It was like, I'm the biggest, baddest fable of them all. I still don't understand how, because he is the wolf who was uh, 
stonewalled by the three little pigs in a brick house. So, go figure. Or was it a stone house? I don't know. But the best thing about his mission is that it it's shown that this is the second time that Prince Charming actually has brains as he planned both of them. Well, I guess technically it's the third time because he planned to be mayor. Mayor. What is that? Ah, oh, it's another Back to the Future reference. Sometimes the uh, movie quotes and TV shows quotes get in my head and I'm like, where do I get that from? Oh, man. So, now, wolves. Ow. As you might have figured by now, even though I brushed over it. It's all about Snow White, Big B and their children. Now, since I never liked Snow and Big B, I don't really care about them. And... I care nothing about the Fable kids. Yeah, thankfully, they haven't had much screen time. But it's like that old saying. No one likes kids. Especially kids that can't act. <laughs> yeah, no one likes kids. Except for like Dakota Fanning and uh, Haley Joel. That's pretty much the only child actors. Um, so, I don't really care about their wedding. Which I think is the 50th issue. Or their reunion. The best thing about the this trade is that it feels like the final chat, like Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter, or Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. It's like I, I'm never gonna read about them. It's oh, it's over for Big B and Snow. Now they'll just be uh, relegated to uh, cameo appearances and whatnot. I know that's probably not true, but one can only hope. So, like I said, there's a one-issue story on Cinderella's returns or adventures and. Cloud City. It's fun and ongoing, and uh, I just wish it. I wish it was longer. It's like I don't get why. See, why have that one issue? That's weird, right? Because he could have expounded upon the Bigsby's mission or Bigsby's moping, uh, or Sarah, what she thought, a lot more than throw that in or throw in the fucking comic script. I mean, it's a fun little story, but I don't give a shit. I mean, I, I do like Cinderella, because she's a spy and she's hot. And I, I will probably buy the miniseries she had. I don't know. So, but my biggest problem with Wolves, aside from Big B and Snow, is really that 50th issue script in here. It's like, yeah, I got a question for you people. Do you people actually read that shit? I mean, you gotta figure. Who reads the comic scripts? 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 I'm just making up words. Scripts. It's like spelled with S-K. Scripts. Like, who who reads that shit? Like, I do plan to be a comic writer eventually. A couple years. But I'm not even reading that shit. Because like, I, I think I get the feeling that when most people read, even if you're a reader, you, you see a bunch of words... Uh, text and comics, and you're just like, oh my god. That's why people go like, oh my god, reading Claremont now. Or, oh my god, Stan Lee, you gotta repeat the same shit, Excelsior. So, I think it's a big hooey. Hoo I, I don't feel as badly ripped off as I did when I read, like, the, was it the third Sandman trade? So that was, I was like, oh my fucking god, I, I, this is more expensive than your average trade, and it's, there's barely any story in here. So, 
I don't know. If anyone out there reads this stuff, uh, let me know. I won't make fun of you. I'm generally curious. So because of those facts, I'm giving Fables Wolves on the Mark Critic score a 3 out of 5. Now, as always, thanks for listening, everyone. Appreciate it if you left me some feedback on iTunes. And you can support the show by buying my DRM-free ebook, Catalyst, The Passage of Hellsfire. And like me, it's ve- it's in the air, available everywhere. Next week's pick will be Shade, the Changing Man, the American Scream. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, you can email me at vertigocast at gmail.com. And you can go to thecomicsforum.com and buy my $5 trades. To see what's coming up, visit the website at vforvertigo.blogspot.com. I'm also part of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at comicspodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash hellsfire. And remember, you can't lose what you don't put in the middle, but you can't win much either.